Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie. Excited to have you with us this afternoon for another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today our topic is tips for increasing attendance at major women's events. And uh, one of the things I want to let you know about first off is if you're here, you probably are interested in major women's events. And there's a wonderful website that I host called womensevents.info, womensevents.info. And that promotes the largest women's events all across the nation. And if you are looking for an event to join, like you want to take your women to an event, maybe Beth Moore or one like that, they're, they're listed there for you, as well as if you're hosting an event, and if you're just learning how to do that today, especially I wanted to bring it up here at the beginning of the hour, let you know that you are welcome to uh, promote your own Christian women's events there, your major Christian women's events. So that's over at womensevents.info. We have a great show for you today with our guest, Susie Shepard. And uh, during the next hour, you're going to grab some kind of a notepad because you're going to discover the exact way to use social media to promote your major women's event, how to grow exponentially, reasons and ways to identify and engage accessible influencers, how to create momentum, the power of focusing intently on your purpose, and why messaging matters most and how to establish yours. Our guest today is Susie Shepard. She is the founder of The Sisterhood, field director for Stonecroft Ministries, and the author of the book, The Four Principles. Her life mission is to help women find and enjoy meaningful relationships with God and others. And her website is SusieShepherd.com, spelled S-U-Z-Y, Shepherd.com. Welcome to you, Susie. Thank you, Marnie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here, and I love this topic. Love, love, love. Uh, I just was at a women's conference last week. I had so much fun. And there's just something really special about women's. Uh, major women's events. It's a time where we uh, can really dive deeper both into the scripture as well as into each other's lives by just getting away a little bit from the uh, hubbub of life just as girls. And so maybe tell us when you started really valuing women's events, like where did that start for you? Sure. So I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version so that it's not too long. But really, essentially, there was a point in my life when I realized I had no real deep, meaningful connection with other women. And I needed not just a relationship with Jesus. That was amazing. But I needed flesh to be able to talk to and really uh, be able to share, be accountable to, be vulnerable with, and build uh, their who they were and then them build who I was. And so when that awareness hit, God really began to use that awareness and desire to begin to pursue relationships with other people. And then somehow the way God does things is he turns around our weak spots and then uses it as a place that he can launch his own uh, way of reaching other people through that very weakness. And that's exactly what he's done, done in me. So tell us a little bit about the sisterhood. Yeah. So, uh, part of the, the very specific thing that launched out of that season was I decided that I wanted to start by just inviting some women that I knew into my home to begin to develop relationships. And I invited a few, and I, I did not know them very well, but we had a, a really good time just around spaghetti the first time. And uh, uh-huh. that really began to feed that desire. And I began to have a sense of connection and ability to laugh with other women and really uh, have something meaningful with them and, and some trust there that I had experienced. And fast forward about nine months or a year later, I felt like God was really saying, you know what, you're, you're experiencing some brokenness in your own life. I want you to open this up a little bit more broadly. And he invited me to go to one of my 
uh, one of the people on staff at our church and to ask if we could do a, a dinner for single moms. And so we did it. We had about 40 attend, and I really felt this compulsion. This is not the end. And so the next year we had 300 come, and all along oh, wow. kind of also simultaneously beginning some other organizational structure that goes along with not just an event idea, but also some organization that went with it. And the next year, God said, take it out of the church. It's not supposed to just be in the church. Like, this is a message I want to use to win people to, my, to, to me, to myself, and share my heart of love for them and give them a place of belonging. And so my husband and I actually rented a convention center just out of obedience, and God brought 900 women uh, the first year we stepped wow. out in faith that way. And that was really the launching place for the sisterhood. Wow. Such a cool story. And just how God loves <laughs> loves to take our areas of weakness, like you say, and he he uses it as his strength. So beautiful. Well, before we dive into the uh, training points for today's program, you asked if you could lay some foundation here. And I wanted to just give you the opportunity to talk about the three things that are going to be kind of foundational for the rest of the program. Yes, thank you. There are a lot of techniques and strategy and some tactical things I want to talk about. But before we get there, I think there are three key things that uh, when you're planning an event, when I began to plan events, I had no background for that. And so these became so evident in my experience. And I think it's helpful for anyone who is considering planning a large-scale event to really identify three things. One is know your clear purpose. I knew that I wanted to share with women who would not normally set foot in a church door the heart of the Father through belonging helping them find a space where they felt at home. And I knew that was my purpose. And so that clarity was part of what drove, I believe, the way that God made the ministry effective in the beginning was being very clear on the purpose. And the next thing was to know your, what's your dream result. What's the thing that you want the most to come out of this? If you're, uh, if you're hosting this in a church setting and you're, this is your women's ministry, do you want to grow your women's ministry? Do you want to bring women in that are disconnected from church? Do you want to address a particular issue, social injustice or um, equity? What, what is it that you're really particularly addressing that, uh, and what would be the result? Would you want small groups to come out of that? Do you want to have um, 30 new women engaged in women's ministry activities at your church. Like, what is the dream result coming out of this particular event? In my mind, an event is never about an event. It's about a broader purpose. And the event serves the purpose, not the purpose serving the event. So it's really uh, important to know the purpose and then know your desired dream result from it. And then both of those things really help you define your audience. Who is it that you're that you really want to be in the seats? Who do you want the event to be speaking to? And that helps define everything we're going to talk about today is the person, the woman that you're really engaging and wanting to draw in. Oh, that's so great. I was thinking, too, if somebody is just listening and, like, they've got an event, like, okay, so they have the event in their mind. I want to do a women's conference. That's what I want to do, the women's conference. Now, to, you know, to drive back going backwards and to say before you, before you begin to do this, you know, get before God and find out what your purpose is, what your desired results are, and that's going to define who your audience is going to be. I love it. And is this something that you find um, shifts, like even for your sisterhood ones, does it shift a little over time? Yes, it does. Uh, in fact, we have different events that serve different purposes. Uh, we have some events that really are, are relationally focused and community-based, and so what we're trying to do with those events is bring in women who have never been a part of us, and it's their first entry point, and they're smaller, smaller events. Our larger events are uh, more geared toward the women who are already part of our organization and who really have um, a cohesive purpose. We all like, kind of identify that we really believe in the idea of relationship and before that we believe in the relationship with God and so it depends on your long-term goals if you want to if you want to do this like as a launching piece and then you don't plan to have like a book launch you might not have events that come off of a, after your initial book launch you might just be building a community around that idea so you might ha not have to adapt events for 
particular purposes after that point. But most organizations have ongoing events, and it does serve different purposes based on what your goals are and the season, who's your participants, all of those things help define it in future events. I love that. And it's bringing to mind, I was talking to an event planner not too long ago, and she was wanting to bring me in for one of their events, and my, my focus is on growth and expansion, but they didn't want to do that. They really were happy where they were with the number of women they had in the location they had doing the same thing they did every year. And I said, yeah, I don't think I'm your speaker. I mean, I, I would love to speak for you, but that's not my thing. And so, you know, I think that this helps to, to kind of narrow down who, who will be your presenters and what kinds of things are going to happen during this all becomes more clear when you have your purpose clearly defined and you know what your results are you're going for. I love that, love that. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break and come back and talk about ways to use social media to promote your event. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marty. You're joining us today for increasing attendance at major women's events with Susie Shepherd of SusieShepherd.com. Susie, welcome back. Let's talk next about how to use social media to promote your events because this is, I mean, this is huge right now. Everybody's wondering, you know, how much time should I put into this? Should I spend money on it? Uh, what should I do to actually take advantage of the social media wave that's going on? Sure. So I think one of the first things is it's really super easy to get overwhelmed by social media. You can feel like you never do enough. And so just like we talked about those common threads, prayer is definitely a common thread in this. So asking God to guide you, give you wisdom, I would encourage you to really pick two or three platforms and stick with those, not to try to do all of the platforms because that will be all that you do. Um, but if you create a plan for your social media, how you're going to post, when you're going to post, that helps you have a framework and it kind of takes that pressure off of there's not enough I can do to saturate social media with my messaging. Um, and there's a couple of ways that you, you have to think about it before you really engage social media. One is you already have a brand you can leverage. By, by this I mean, are, is this a church that's putting on this event? If you have a church that's hosting this and you have a built-in foot up that you have an audience and a starting place to get your message out. You have women there that will be able to help be some of your um, influencers that actually just naturally come out of your, your base. If you have a platform as a blogger or a writer or a speaker, then that's going to be your natural branding that you're leveraging. But sometimes you feel led to do an event and you are starting from the ground up. And in that situation, you do have to decide, you know, your desired outcome will determine this. If you're going to have a series of events, then you probably need to build. You need to begin to build your platform to get your messaging that identifies with the women who are in the audience you're trying to reach. If this is a one-and-done event, then you really need to focus on using your own personal social media or the social media of your influencers that we're going to talk about, and not build a separate branding structure. Um, I think a couple of things is in your scheduling and your planning. You can use a posting app like Hootsuite to schedule your your planned promotions that you're doing, but it also really helps your exposure to do it in live time too, to make sure that your part of your strategy is that you're planning some live posts because for some reason the algorithms on social media prefer live posting instead of ones that are scheduled. So you kind of have that baseline for the scheduling posts, posts and then you build in, I'm going to plan to be live two or three times a week, not necessarily doing a live, which is also helpful, but just simply posting in real real time. Um, another piece of social media is finding groups that center around your purpose. This is really important if you're not starting with a pre-made brand. Um, if you can just simply get on one of your social media sites and use the keywords Christian women and the city that you're in, 
it will usually pull up three, four, five different groups. And if you can begin to connect with those groups and then share your event that might resonate with them, then that's a way to begin to get some momentum toward it, but also to create your own group from the people who are allies and who would believe in what you're doing and believe in you personally. Uh, that's another way to, to begin to, to break some of the really hard barriers into saturating social media. I, there's a really good book that's Jab, 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 Punch, and it's talking about social media, and it's talking about – it was one of the most influential books I pers personally read for how to guide my social media. And it was talking about how you really need to push your content. So you, for every three pieces of content that you do, then you can talk about your event once. And so you might give a piece of a – let's say your event is about relationships. You might do a piece of content about how to build and grow a meaningful relationships with friends. You might do a piece of content that's about how to manage conflict in, in close relationships. You might do another one about how to encourage your coworkers. Then you do a post about your event. You don't want to simply be a mouthpiece for the event because people will become tone deaf to that and you want to give them value. So uh, I would encourage you to have a structure like that in place where you are offering and giving them things and affirming who they are and building into to making them successful, and then, hey, this event will be something that will help you accomplish your goals as well. So those are just a few ideas on, on social media. You can watch your insights on social media and find out what posts are really being responded and interacted with and use those as your promotional pieces that you might pay a little bit of money to boost toward, and, and, and that's a smart way to do your promotions. But if you're just consistent about your posting and you're consistent about your messaging sounding very similar as you go and that you're not always just talking about the event, uh, you usually will, will see success on social media. Right. So let's kind of dive into getting into groups and sharing your event there because I think uh, something that will get you kicked out of groups pretty fast is if you sign up to a group and immediately share your event. Um, that's called uh, that's called advertising. <laughs> it's not that's when you right. do it for free, it doesn't work. So uh, what you need to do is you actually need to become a, a participant. And it's back to right. I love jab 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 punch. That's awesome. Or I was thinking value 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 promotion. You know, if we if mm -hmm. you think of it in that term, it's the same way in a group. And it's the same way on yeah. other people's walls. Like when you go to, Susie, if I come over to your Facebook page and I just po post something promotional about myself, that's totally unacceptable. That's not, right. that's not appropriate behavior. You know, you're really <laughs> breaking etiquette there. You're right. So what you want to do, the only thing I can post on your wall, Susie, is something congratulatory to you or something uh, that would um, be a kudos or something like that. Right. Otherwise, I would PM you if I want something different. So you guys have to just, you know, kind of be careful with this and just imagine you're hosting a party, you're hosting a group, you're hosting your own wall. Somebody comes over and advertises on yours. That's just not appropriate. So if you that's keep right. the three to one in mind, you know, that's going to help you to not trip wires <laughs> that you didn't know were there. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And if you're not sure... Like, let's talk about this live, uh, like Facebook Lives or different things like that. You know, the way to think about that is, again, what is the value you can ha add? Instead of just promoting the event, like going on right. a Facebook Live and promoting the event, what is it that you can add value about the subject of the event? I love that, to just focus a lot on that angle and to stick there. What are your thoughts? Yes. And even in the groups, I don't think there would be a time when it would be appropriate unless the moderator or admin had had interaction with you and you had personally gotten permission ahead of time. I think the really the appropriate thing to post in those groups is that content that will help advance the purpose of that group. And then it just naturally connects back to you. And so then there's opportunity for relationship. But I completely agree, Marnie. It's not, an, it's not like a spamming someone's group with all this great information about your event. Um, but those relationships are definitely where, where it starts. On a, a live feed, if, I am, if I'm doing an event, and let's just let's say that it was the sisterhood event that really promoted the uh, belonging in order to introduce them to Jesus, then I might do a, a live that talks about uh, an experience of rejection that I had and invite the, like, talk about how did I get past that and then invite the people that were watching the live 
to kind of share, you know, what rejection experiences have you had and how have you overcome them? And so it becomes a conversation instead of just a kind of vomiting out the information about the event. But uh, content is what will get engagement. That's what will get people talking back. And even if you pose a really good question on your, on your pieces as one of your jabs, if you say, you know, tell us about an experience in childhood where you realized it was difficult to get along with other girls or something like that, and getting them to reflect and talk back about seeing their own need and how this really does address, it's kind of a self-awareness that kicks in for them to go, wow, this is something that I, I need to explore and learn more about. Right, and then let's just, before we move on, let's just talk a little bit about the event page because uh, especially at Facebook, uh, it's very easy to make an event page, uh, whether you're doing it on your own personal page, on your business page, or on your church page, you can just make an event page. And that really is a great place to go ahead and uh, send people to when they want more information. It helps you to get kind of a rough estimate headcount of the people on Facebook who might be coming. And then um, I like to use Eventbrite as well. Um, are there any others that you use? I mean, there are different things for Constant Contact, but it's a paid service to be able to have a registration through, you know, Constant Contact or uh, I'm losing what the other one is right now. But you can do them in alternative ways. But Eventbrite is easily plugged into Facebook, um, and it's pretty straightforward to use and, and widely recognized. So that's frequently what, what we use. And, you know, I think the part about the event on Facebook is, the numbers can give you a false impression sometimes, and really you have to right, make sure that right. you're like sharing those registrations with the numbers that you're seeing. Right, and you never want to just go by an online number registration number at all. It's just not right. um, unless they're paying unless they're paying for a ticket. They're really just raising yeah. their hand and saying, "Wow, that sounds interesting." <laughs> That's really right. all they're saying. That's they're exactly not saying I'm right. coming. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So good. Yeah. Good. One of the one of the I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, one of the key things about social media too is that unless you have a really large platform or you're bringing in a celebrity, social media cannot be your be all end all way of relating that this event is about to happen. Uh, it just will not have the traction that you want, especially because we're talking about large scale events. It's really hard unless you have a huge budget or, like I said, you have a platform or, or bringing a, a well-known person in to really be able to count on enough registration to fill your event just solely working on social media. Totally agree. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Susie Shepherd of SusieShepherd.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to grow exponentially. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. You're visiting with us today at Marnie's Friends talking about how to increase attendance at major women's events with Susie Shepherd. Her website is susieshepherd.com. Susie, let's talk about exponential growth now. First of all, I love I love focusing on growth when we do major events because this is a this is a unique opportunity. You need to think of it more like a wedding or you know something like mm -hmm. that where people people actually go the extra mile to get there. <laughs> it's not like a regular right. event, and so you have this uh, unique situation where you can really grow at a different pace than you can just on a regular weekly or monthly event type of a setup. 
so I love your word exponential too, because that that is talking about you know taking it farther than just a few extra ladies who will come if you do the normal thing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. What are some ways to think about this? Well, the first uh, component of this is that if you think about just your circle and who you could potentially sort of recruit to come to this event from your own circle, you're going to be really limited if you're like me. And so what I realized early on was I needed other people and and their circles to be able to be kind of almost ambassadors to say this event is worth attending. This is going to be something unique and you really want to be there. And so I I kind of did this naturally and then learned later it was an aha of, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> but I, I became my own sort of evangelist about this event. Like I believe in it so much and I so much wanted to see women come to know Jesus that did not feel comfortable normally around Christians or in a church environment that I, I was on a mission. And so I began to share the idea and the thought and the purpose with anybody who would listen to me. And I am sure that my family was completely done by the time the event really rolled around. I just <laughs> but that kind of enthusiasm, when you really know your why and you have your own buy-in, that kind of enthusiasm engages people and they get excited about it. And when you pull them in and you ask them to hold on to a responsibility, they get excited about that because now it's ours. It's not mine and I'm just there to support you. It's our our, our purpose, not just our event, but it's our purpose that we have this shared goal. And so what I began to do was just pull women that I felt like they resonated with what I was sharing with them. And I said, will you volunteer? And for a little while, I didn't even know what I was asking them to volunteer to do. I just said, will you? And so once I had lots of women committed, then I began to make a list. And I came up with a list of almost 100 committed women that said, yes, I totally understand the idea behind what you're what you're doing and I believe in it and I asked for them to come and meet with me I gave about three different possible meeting times that they could come to shared the vision for the event um, and then I asked them very specifically for some things that I needed help with I needed help with things like greeters and I needed help stuffing bags and I needed help with hostessing tables and and the event never happens because one person decides it's going to happen. It becomes this team. And so when you build a community around the shared purpose, it's exciting and really it's energizing to the women who come into that community. And they become willing to talk about it on their own social media because now it's our event. And they share with others and they invite and they cast the vision without even realizing that they're casting the vision um, as they go. And so I really kind of realized that for an event, uh, for me, the way that I plan for events is I look at my desired results. How many do I really want to have attend this event? And then I work backwards. And I try to intentionally recruit about one kind of ambassador person for every eight women that I am hoping will attend that event. And that helps Mm. get critical mass because you have – lots of shared voices, especially when it's a local event and the community is hearing it over and over again. We've had uh, our community van, we didn't call them ambassadors, I'm just calling them that for the sake, which just were our team, sure. Sure. change their profile pictures all at the same time for the event. So then it was noticeable mm-hmm. because we had, you know, 100 women changing their pictures at one time and lots of, lots of overlap. So I think that believing in the people who believe in the purpose and serving them well will help you reach the goals and the purposes that you set out for the event. Wow, that is cool. And, you know, it reminds me of, you know, the kind of banquets where you sell the table. You know, you have the table host, mm-hmm. and they try to get eight people around their table. And so this is very similar. You know, the one to eight sounds sounds just like that kind of a model and it is the way to do it and you can I love I love what you said you start with the number in mind and work backwards then so you can figure mm-hmm. out if you want 80 women then you're going to have to have 10 ambassadors at least so that's awesome um so uh, the you know the list of things that women can do are so there's so many from um, yes. decorations to prayer team to um you know helping with the food you know whatever there's just so many things and you don't have to necessarily like you did, you didn't wait until you had it all perfect to start. 
but you right. went ahead and, and found, you know, found the, found the volunteers and came up with, oh, wow, you know, we have a lot of people here. So did you go ahead then and identify who would be a team leader for, let's say, the bag committee or the hostessing the tables committee? Is that kind of how you worked it? Or did you have that before? And we really just created like a volunteer sign up and we didn't have specific team leads. We just knew these are all the slots that we had to fill and they filled them themselves. They said, this is what I want to do. Mm. And we already had, okay, so this is the time you need to show up to do this, or this is when this is going to be prepped for, for the event. So there really wasn't a team lead and we ended up commuting a lot of communicating a lot of that. There's a volunteer signup.com, I believe is what it is, where you can put all of that information in and then they can, they can refer to it. But I also created a group on Facebook for all of our volunteers that that's where they got their information. That's where they got their mm-hmm. images for taking their profile pics. That's where we communicated. We're going to get together and have a prayer night. And all of us are going to come together. We're going to pray over it. Uh, and so that's how we kept up with each other. But we didn't necessarily have particular team, team leads. And I will say that volunteer sign-up sites are never a substitute for finding people who will champion the purpose and taking the responsibility and the mindset of loving them. You, uh, you're serving them and ministering to them and loving them well because God has called them into this purpose, and you want to encourage that and fan the flame and pray for them. And they are so loyal, not, not just to this event, but to what God is going to do. So don't that would be my one caution is don't mistake the sign-up for the serving. Like the serving has to come primary, and the sign-up will come. I like that across the board with social media. You know, it it is what it is, and it has great value. And like, Susie, I've never met you face-to-face, and yet you're my friend. <laughs> and I know when we meet right. face-to-face, we'll already know each other because we've been online together and we've seen each other here. But uh, there is something that goes beyond that, that, like you say, don't miss that. Just because you have the social piece, don't miss the the touch. Don't miss the engagement, the look in the eye, the hug of the shoulders. It's just so critically important. Well, this is Marnie Fledberg visiting today with Susie Shepard on the topic of how to increase attendance at major women's events. We're going to take a short break. Come right back and talk about some reasons and ways to identify and engage accessible influencers as well as how to create momentum. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and always so excited to have you with us for the live presentation, or if you're listening to it later, thank you so much for being here, too. Our guest today is Susie Shepard. She's a speaker over at womenspeakers.com, as well as the author of The Four Principles and founder of The Sisterhood. Susie, let's go ahead next and talk about some reasons and ways to identify and engage accessible influencers. And maybe um, if you would maybe kind of differentiate right now because a lot of these are, I always say, you know, the women who are, you know, it's 80, 80% of the work's getting done by 20% of the people, you know, that old thing. And a lot of times the women that are in that 20% of the people who are doing so much of the work are wearing multiple hats, but there's also kind of a distinction between a, an influencer and someone who's just helping, you know, I mean, there's, there can be a distinction there. So maybe just talk to us about that a little bit. Sure. I kind of look like, I kind of think of an influencer like being a megaphone on the message of your event. So you have great people that have bought in, they believe in what you're doing, and they are out there doing whatever they can to make it happen. But then there are some influencers that might be a little bit removed from your circle of connection, but you know that they carry the same heart and the same message and the same audience that your event is geared toward. And especially with local events, you want to you focus on them being in your general region. 
that they can just take a megaphone and hold it up to the message of what it is you're trying to do and broadcast it to so many more people than what you or those volunteers in your circle are going to do as well. Um, often these influencers are much more accessible than what we imagine them to be. And if we are just willing to ask God, show us, show us who it is that you would have us connect with and give us wisdom on how and when to do that, often we can invite an influencer to just have a cup of coffee with us. Most of the time they'll make, they'll make time for that if they're local. Uh, and you can share with them the vision and the purpose behind it and just ask them to be praying for it. And then you can ask them if for them to tell you, do you think that there might be a way that you would be able to collaborate with us in, in this effort and let them define what that looks like for you? You want to do a lot of listening to what their goals are and how you might serve their ends and maybe expose them to the people that you're sharing this event with, but then also for them to share with their people and the people that um, are following them and, and really influenced by, by them to be able to share the event with them as well. I love I love the words body life. I think that they are just so uh, significant and really express to my heart at least just what God is about with that, that he doesn't mean mm-hmm. for any of us to be an island, to do it all ourselves. He created the body so that together we can accomplish these things for his glory. And in order to engage accessible influencers, I think the, the first thing is to just stand a moment in their shoes to just imagine mm-hmm. yourself being them and having you come. You know, and I mean, Susie, I think that we've all had people approach us in a very uh, a way that feels either self-centered or proud or kind of demanding. And then we've had yeah. others come to us who come very humbly with a heart to serve and to participate together uh, for the mutual right. benefit. And it feels so different it does. You know, when someone comes, you know, when someone comes with, my heart and mind, my heart is open to them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and so when I right. go to others, that's how I want, that's how I want to go thinking about their best interests. That, that's right. Uh, we do want to serve them just like we want to focus on serving our volunteers. We want to serve our influencers. That's what God calls us to do. Just like Jesus did is in humility serve. And so, yes, that is the first posture that I think we take to anyone and influencers are, are no different. I think that they also do receive us, just like you said, uh, much more warmly when we come with humility instead of, uh, like you said, kind of an arrogance or demanding toward our own agenda. Um, And I think one thing that in the beginning I neglected as an influencer, and not all women's events incorporate this, but many do, and that is the vendors that come Uh, whether they reserve a booth or whether you're partnered with them in co-sponsorship, whatever way that you are working together, I did not really recognize them in the beginning as, wow, they have a whole audience that they are speaking to as well. And there could be a whole other level of reciprocity, not just they come help us uh, fund our event and we give them a space to sell to their audience, but a deeper connection than that in that they're sharing with their audience the purpose of our event beforehand and we are really ministering to them as people. Uh, I found a really neat connection that happened was one of the people that was one of our volunteers one year. She was so missional about going to each vendor and saying, how can we pray for you? We're so glad you're here and we really want to spend some time praying for you and what are your needs? And she forged some of the most beautiful connections serving our vendors heart needs that they came with that maybe they didn't even expect to have those addressed in this forum. They were coming because it was part of their business and they received so much more than that. I love that. I love that. And that was really just thinking outside the box and just trying to say, okay, what can we do for, what could we do for this person? Let me stand in their shoes a moment. What can we do for them? I love that. And another thing that you wanted to share with us today is about momentum. And, and this is, this is pretty important that, you know, it takes a lot of work to get a ball rolling. <laughs> so sometimes by the time you get it rolling, you're exhausted. <laughs> and so how do you keep the momentum going? <laughs> I think that timing has a lot to do with it. And uh, if you are planning an event a month before, it's going to be really hard to get momentum going before it's, you're ready for those tickets to all be sold. This really has to be, 
one thing is if you are bombarding your audience with one event after another that they could participate in, it kind of takes away the ability to get a momentum on any one particular event. So if this is a large-scale event that you're doing, I would really encourage you to pray about and consider how can we kind of if, if, if this is the most significant thing you're going to do, then how can we pare down what we're doing leading up to it so that we really get to pour our time and energy and focus on this one particular event and all of the messaging that goes up to it? Because all of that content that you're putting out in, it, in preparation for that event is ministry too. It's opportunities to touch heart needs. You're driving home the same messages that you're going to really share at that event. You're giving on the front end, and you're preparing them. You can do – lots of times we've done 21 days of prayer ahead of an event uh, and really engage the people that are in supporting roles to be praying for, potentially even fasting over an event and asking God to intervene to bring the women that are supposed to be in those seats for the people that are leading it to be ready and prepared and to just – bind all the things that kind of distract and uh, create frustration in event prep. So momentum isn't always about marketing. Sometimes it's about timing. Sometimes it's about gleaning the schedule beforehand. Sometimes it's about spending time really focusing on the content being the ministry base. And sometimes it's about reminding ourselves that prayer is where all the power starts, and that's where we need to make sure that we're focusing ahead of the event too. Oh, I love that. And one of the things that um, we've done sometimes is to have the prayer coordinator and the marketing coordinator kind of in it together where they're brainstorming mm-hmm. like what they can focus on each day as it's coming up, you know, so the prayer coordinator sending out a daily email to the team, you know, today we're focusing on um, today we're focusing on this aspect or on this scripture verse and then the marketing is happening the same way and everything kind of gets coordinated that way. It's not that it has to happen that way. But there comes a continuity that happens that builds momentum and really gets the uh, enthusiasm going for the final event um, that way too. And what do you recommend like as far as pushing like either the last day of ticket sales or the event date itself? Do you, do you do a large push at the end or does that depend on if the tickets have already sold or how do you go about that? Here is the phenomenon that we are seeing across the board. I've seen it in local, hyper-local events that I'm doing, and I'm also seeing it within the national scope of our organization for Stonecroft, and that is that people are not buying tickets well in advance so often. They are waiting until, like, crunch time. I don't know the dynamics behind that. I have no idea. But a couple of things. One is on opening day of tickets, a lot of people are watching, and they're frustrated when no tickets sell the first day or the second day or the third day. Um, and I want to kind of dial that down and encourage you that if, if that is if that's creating fear or anxiety, uh, that that really doesn't have a whole lot of validity in my mind anymore because people just don't. Is that your experience, Marnie? People don't buy them way ahead anymore. It's changing, yeah. And I'm not sure if that's because of the busyness of the schedules or because there's so many uh, so many choices now of <laughs> what to do with it's, your time. Yeah. You know? So that's right. Um, yeah, I, I find it in myself too. I find it in myself. I actually, I'm actually guilty of it, Susie. I will wait. It used to be I would, I would raise my hand way early, and then sometimes I wouldn't get to go, and so I have just learned I needed to just wait a little longer. Okay. Yes, I, I'm going to own that. I agree. I'm the same way. Like I am one of those people, but also I'm exactly the person that frustrates me because you know, ten days out from the event, and Hard I have five plan. days left. Yes, and so trust is what I would say first. Trust God that he is going to do what he's going to do and make the best decisions you can make with the information you have. Um, And sometimes you have to turn in meal counts or you have to give the venue an updated, and you're going to have to write a check based on what those, you know, what you have said. And so just ask God to show you what those are. And, And often if you're five days out, you're getting pretty close to what you're going to see. Uh, there is usually a spike the day before, but if you, okay, this is not like law or anything, but a good guideline for me is to add about 25% to those ticket sales about a week out, and that's usually pretty much where, we, where we'll where land. 
So that gives you a good prediction for it. But I do do a lot in the last 10 days of boosted posts and contests and live Facebooks and just trying to maximize that home stretch, not in a desperate way that people can sense that, but just in a, I want to do everything I can do in these last few days. And that's part of my plan from the beginning. This is what we're going to do in those last few days to maximize our ticket sales because I know most people wait till the last minute. Hmm. So good. Really, really helpful. And I think the other thing is, instead of it being a desperate push at the end, to think about it as being this intense desire for more women to come. We're going to take a short break, come back and talk about the power of focusing intently on your purpose and why messaging matters most and how to establish yours. We'll be right back. Are you ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPY Coach Certification Program today. SPY, or S-P-I, stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. We're talking today with Susie Shepard on the topic of increasing attendance at major women's events. And we're coming in for the landing here, but stay tuned because we're going to talk next about focusing and telling your purpose and messaging. So, Susie, we talked earlier in the show about uh, the need to, to really clarify your purpose, your desired outcomes, and your audience. And now, what is the power of focusing on that purpose? I think that we have, we have talked a good bit about just how much you have to identify that purpose clearly. It does increase your buy-in from your people, but it also helps you stay on target. It helps you know which vendors will be appropriate, which speakers will be, will be appropriate, what music to play. Do you have fun, silly, light-hearted games, or do you have no games at all and really focus on conversations between the women? What is your purpose will define so many things and keep you on track in this process of planning your event, but it also galvanizes your resolve because there are so many times in event planning that it is exhausting sometimes, to be honest, and frustrating, and there's a little bit of tension that happens. It can happen interpersonally. It can happen with the budget. It can happen with time, and that purpose will so speak to your resolve that those things become minimized. And you're able to go back to God and say, I know that you've called me to this. I know that this is your purpose here. And so I need your help to intervene on all of these other things that are distracting me and frustrating me in this process right now. Yeah, I love that. And the, and the, purpose, the purpose should be like if you can imagine a burning purpose, <laughs> like a burning desire. It shouldn't be something that's just kind of you write it down and that sounds good. Um, instead, it, it should be something that, you know, you it's like a driver. I, I think of the I think of the prophets in the Bible who say things like, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I tried not to say anything, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't hold back, you know. And I feel like when we have a purpose from God, that's kinda how it is. It's just like, um, uh, I would maybe not want to have to do all this extra work, but I can't help but I have to do this. <laughs> that's so true. That's such a good way of saying it, yes. Yeah, and, and then once you have that purpose and that, you know, and I, I call it mission vision, really. You, you have this vision. You have, you have this goal, and I, a God-given goal. And then you just, it's like having this clarified actually gives the energy. It, it's, it is the funnel through which God flows the energy then for you to actually accomplish it, for you to run it out. And like you said, even when you're exhausted, even when things aren't going the way you want. I mean, I remember one time friends of ours had um, sponsored a concert and lost thousands of dollars. I mean, it was like a car. You know, they lost (laughs) so much money Mm -hmm. on this. And the next year they did it again because they just were driven. And it was God just helped them, you know. They had to repay this money and they they went about, (laughs) you know, they, they received help from God, but it was really hard. And it was confusing, yeah. very confusing. Mm-hmm. But I remember the day that her and I just went back to Psalm 131, you know. Uh, my eyes are not hearty. My heart is not lofty. I calm and quiet my spirit like a child, like a weaned child with its mother. I trust in mm-hmm. you. 
you know, and this, this yeah. thing where, you know, you can't help it when God calls you to it. It isn't about, it isn't about what you can see or understand. It's about the call. And so you go yeah. forward. Yeah. Yes. And, and having so said I, that, the messaging is so important. Uh, talk to us about why the message matters. So your, your messaging is going to be the very first taste that your audience has of your event. And so as you've defined your purpose and what your desired outcome in your audience, that kind of helps you develop your personality for the event, and that should carry into your messaging. Is your event funny? Is it warm? Is it academic? Is it inclusive? Is it political? I mean, what is the real uh, purpose, I mean, excuse me, not the purpose, but the voice of the event going to be? And that's where you'll get your engaged audience, because if they feel a perceived need as being met through your messaging, then that's what's going to attract them to go and register and attend your event. So the messaging needs to feel like the event does. It doesn't need to be funny and lighthearted and silly messaging, and then they get there, and it's a very academic approach to a, an apologetic. You know, it just has, <laughs> to, has to be continuity throughout. It's so important, and I mean, again, this is back to back to asking those questions about you know your purpose and your audience and that. But it is when I wrote the book um, Retreats Made Easy, uh, it's a handbook for how to do women's retreats. One of the very key things I talk about in there is that you have to meet their expectations. One of the worst That's things right. you can do as an event planner is set an expectation that you do not intend to keep. And so right away, like you say, from your very first messaging, it has to be very clear what this is going to be about. And even like um, for the conference we just did a little bit ago here, you know, we had the whole, we actually published the, the schedule. So, you know, they can see exactly what's going to happen when women love that. They, um, they do. You know, better than just a poster. <laughs> they really like to know That's what's going to happen. What should I expect? <laughs> yes, they like to know what we're going to eat. Like, I found that's really key. They need to know, you know, is it gluten-free? Is GMO? Right. Do I need to pack my own lunch, you know? And so, yeah, I agree. The more information right. you can give them ahead of time, the less question there is. And then you kind of are naturally into that, you know, underselling and over-delivering because then you can pack in the little sweet surprises that they find that are gifts to them, you know, little happy things that happen along the way. But they have that baseline of expectation. So that's, that's good wisdom. Yeah, I love that. It's so important. And one of the things that I, we wanted to cover before we get to the end of this hour is just a little bit about Stonecroft Ministries. And Susie, you're one of their field directors. So maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, that. Sure. Stonecroft is a women's organization, and it actually started 80 years ago, and we are still going strong. And the purpose of Stonecroft is to take the gospel of Jesus to women where she is, as she is. And that means that uh, essentially I go into cities and I invite women who are missional and who have that like-minded spirit of, I love Jesus and I love other people, and how do I share my faith without feeling awkward or disconnected or totally irrelevant? And I help uh, equip them, and then we also develop outreaches as a ministry that women can integrate naturally in their lives. And several of them are event-based outreaches, and then some of them are small groups that they can host in their own home uh, and women can come and feel very comfortable and have lots of conversations that are accessible no matter where they are in their faith walk. And then there's a very gentle, sweet uh, lead-in to be able to have conversations about Jesus and about faith. Now, I'm familiar with Stonecroft in a couple ways. I've spoken at some Stonecroft-like luncheons, and then there's all, there also used to be an after five. Is that still active? There are several different after five groups and there's also I think the the traditional ministry that you're thinking of is called women's connection so that is one of our outreaches yeah. that we do but there's been an inundation of new outreaches that have kind of been created and are being released over the last few years as well and some of those are right in people's homes they are in fact the book the four principles is actually what the where love lives series is based around uh, and that comes out in the spring. It's kicked off with a simulcast, and then there are four sessions that are brief follow-ups, and they talk about how to find, build, and sustain meaningful relationships in your life. And each one talks about a principle and invites conversation with the women in that group about what that principle means to them. And then the final session shares the gospel. So that's one that's home-based. 
we do have others like Story Marks. It's a gallery-style event of women and the stories behind their tattoos. And it's beautiful photographs of <laughs> women sharing, oh. their, sharing their tattoos. And then uh, they share their stories. And one of them is a story that's centered around the gospel and how Jesus changed them. So it's a wide variety. Those are only two. But there are many different outreaches that uh, women can implement right where they are. Hmm. Well, I love Stonecrop. My mom was ex- exceedingly involved in Stonecroft in Minneapolis for years and years and years. The after five, wow. she worked full time as a computer, yeah, a computer analyst, and and uh, she was very involved for I don't know twenty years, I'm sure. Uh, so wow. I was, you know, hearing about Stonecroft. We didn't have one locally where I lived, but um, just love Stonecroft. And a lot of the speakers at WomenSpeakers.com also speak for Stonecroft yeah. and um, are active there. And you guys actually have a really great uh, speaker training. Uh, modules available there too, a great vetting program as well as some speaker training over there. So if you guys aren't familiar with Stonecroft, is the is the URL for that Stonecroft Ministries or what is that one? Do you know what the website it name is, is for that? It's stonecroft.org. .org. Okay. So you guys can check that out. And while you're checking things out, I want to encourage you to go over and check out Susie's page which is suzyshepherd.com, shepherd with the E. Um, and Susie, if they go over there, what are they going to find? Well, they'll find a little bit more information about the four principles. And the four principles simply take people from understanding the categories of relationships in their lives to four ways to really engage those four categories and to raise the level of their relationships. It's really what God taught me through the season of recognizing I had no real meaningful relationships with other women into a season of being thankful and blessed and just having life in relationships. But the beautiful thing about the four principles is that really it is how God engages us. So the way he relates to us is really our model for how we relate to other people. And those four principles are simply love seeks relationship, just like God does. Love desires wholeness, just like he desires our wholeness. And then love moves first, as he did in Jesus. And then that love gives life, that, that love, once we really encounter it and experience it, we have life like we've never had before. And so once we learn how to offer those to other people, then we can look back and see, wow, the way that God calls us to serve and minister and to love others is exactly the way he's loved me. And so it's a beautiful way to extend that uh, to other people and then also to share, hey, that's, that's how God made us. We operate this way because that's how our Father made us. And so uh, that's what they'll find on the website primarily is about the four principles. There are some some tools and techniques for people that are interested in writing, but primarily uh, my ministry is about those four principles. Oh, that's awesome. And when is your next sisterhood event? The next sisterhood event is October the 20th. Uh, the sisterhood right now is hyper-local, and so we are in the process of expanding, but if you're in the East Texas area, October the 20th is a, is a fall family fest, and so women will be bringing out mm-hmm. their families, which we don't often do, to a farm for a bonfire and hayride and for some connection. Oh, time. fun. Oh, that's so fun. Well, this hour has flown by, and I'm so thankful that you could be here with us, Susie, and thank you for sharing all this great content for event planners and those who are prayerfully considering hosting an event. Just such good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the time. And you guys want to make sure to check out Susie's website at susieshepherd.com as well as her profile over at womenspeakers.com. And thank you guys for being here. I love having you with us live as well as those of you who listen on the syndicate stations and around the web and uh, to the archives. And thank you to those of you who host us. You can host us anytime by going to Blog Talk Radio for Arnie's Friends and just selecting the download the player box and you can put that right on your website and then people will be able to listen either to the last show or to the last four shows, whatever they would prefer. I'm so grateful when you do that. Appreciate your time, your love, and look forward to spending time with you again next week at Marnie's Friends. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Minutes with Marnie is my per-minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-page or media pitch, just schedule a 15 to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R. 
N-I-E.com to schedule your coaching session right now.